It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We give you an update on Auburn football spring. Hey, maybe the wide receiver position, it could be okay after all. Wishful thinking. Yeah, we'll jump into it on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a war report Wednesday. Mike G hopping on the show, and earlier hey. this week, Mike G, it finally happened. Landon King starting practice with the wide receivers. It's something that every Auburn person asked for. And Brian Harson delivered. What kind of impact do you think this could potentially have in the wide receiver room? Well, can't go unsaid. I feel like this was at the top of your wish list, right? You wanted this. You wanted this bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not alone, though. I'm not going to act like, you know, I was leading the charge on this by any stretch of the <laughs> yeah, imagination. I, I just wanted to acknowledge to the folks at home that Zach Blackerby has been talking about this. Sure. For weeks on weeks on weeks. Yeah. Um, I said, hey, Zach, how's your wife doing? He says, you know, Landy King should be a wide receiver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> however, uh, yeah, I think this is a good thing. Get your best talent on the field. Yep is what you have to do at this point. Um, and, you know, if he fits in the slot, if, if he was a guy who can go over the middle, take hits, uh, you know, uh, be a good possession receiver, I think it's a great idea. So he can locate the ball so well. Doesn't matter how much is happening around him. He knows where the football is. Most notably, I think about the two-point conversion in the Iron Bowl. You have to. He caught a dart. From how did CJ he catch Finley. that? How did between he catch like that? three defenders, right. um, it took uh, a lot of a lot of different skills on that catch, but most of all concentration. Right, and uh, you know all these guys can catch, man. You know when, when you see receivers at this level dropping balls or or not hauling them in, it's usually about concentration. Sure. So um, uh, he's he's shown a lot of talent, man. You know you know to be so young, and I'm excited to see see Brian Harson and, and Eric Kiesel get players on the field creatively to give themselves the best chance to win. Yeah, I mean, this move makes sense for two different reasons. And he's not exclusively at wide receiver. He did opening drills with wide receiver, worked with Ike Hilliard some, and then went back to tight ends in a later drill. So, I mean, he's not exclusively, like, moved to a wide receiver, but he doesn't need to be. He just needs to be in that kind of rotation because I think there's really two main reasons, Mike G. One of them is you clearly have holes in the wide receiver room. And we're going to talk right. more about some of the good things we're hearing about that room uh, in a second. But also, with a tight end situation, John Samuel Shanker should be on the field more than him. I think we all agree on that. Their roles will be different. But then even after that, whether it's from, I mean, there are other good tight ends on this roster. And, like, I don't know if he needs to be blocking. I don't know if he needs to be close to, you know, the offensive line. I think he's definitely a guy that needs to be detached and be a slot guy or a wideout. And so for both of those reasons, I just think this makes a ton of sense, right. Mike G, because I mean, Auburn just doesn't have that big physical possession receiver. Sometimes I feel like they have it with Shedrick, and then sometimes I'm like, I don't know if we're using him right. And so, you know, that's kind of the closest thing that we have right now because but I was watching other A-Day things, and it's like, you know, Auburn doesn't have that Marquise McClain 
anymore. Yeah. Or that Seth Williams anymore. That bigger receiver that's always going to like bring it Kyle in. Kyle Davis. Yeah. Kyle Davis mm-hmm. is a good example. You know, and so all of those guys and, you know, two of those guys, really all three of them didn't really pan out to what they thought that they could be. But at this time of the season or this time of the year during spring, it's like, okay, here's the potential of these dudes. Auburn's going into the season with this big bodied pass catcher. And to me, it seems like Landon King's the next version of that. And I, I mm-hmm. really, really like his upside, Mike G. Yeah, you know, listen, uh, some of the most successful guys to ever come through Auburn changed positions. And that was something that was a hallmark of the Tuberville era of guys who came in. They thought you, you thought you were going to play one position. You had played one position your whole life. And then you get in with your strength and conditioning coach and your position coach. And they say, hey, listen, um, you actually might be better suited playing someplace else. Now, yeah, he, they wanted from- Philip Rivers to play safety. Right. Uh, uh, Carlos Dansby was told he was too small to be a linebacker, right? Um, At at the end of the day, um, I thought that this was something that we would start to see more of as Brian Harson's tenure kind of went on, is reevaluating guys uh, and then selling them because it's a hard sell sometimes. Now, let's not act like the jump from tight end to wide receiver is like a huge leap, illogical leap, right? It's not like some great reevaluation. It's probably the most natural change you can make on the field as far as going from one position to another on the offensive side of the ball. But, right. um, you know, you got to get the, give the young guys a chance, man. We, we've got a lot of talent. It's raw. You know, a lot of people are down on our prospects this season. I get a DM a day where people say, this is a five, six win team. And, you know, the season may turn out that way. I'm not denying that the season may turn out that way, but uh, we've got more than five to six win talent on this team for sure. And Landon King is a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I think the overall talent of this team is fine. I think the fact that all of the talent is in the same positions is an issue. You know, I, I think if you could spread the talent of the edge position out or the linebacker position out or the defensive back room out amongst other positions, it'd be fine. But, like, there's just not a whole lot of talent on, you know, the offensive line or the wide receiver room. I mean, th- yeah, th- th- that, that's kind of opinion. it to me. Unpopular opinion, Zach. I have been in the, consistently in the boat that I, I don't think our wide receiver room is as bad as a lot of people made it out to be. Okay. Um, I think we have plenty of talent there. I think the deficiencies at quarterback have hurt the wide receiver growth more than anything. Sure. And, you know, in talking to guys like Ben Obamanu and Devin, you know, who are a little biased because they're, they're former wide receivers, but they did play at the next level. Yeah. There's no other position on the field as affected by you know at you know from a production standpoint as wide receivers are by what happens at quarterback quite frankly you can't throw the ball to yourself i mean if you're running back and your line isn't blocking you know listen you at least have a shot to beat somebody we saw saw tank do it all year make something out of nothing yeah if you're a wide receiver and the ball's just not in the right spot consistently it, it it's really difficult it's a lot harder to be consistent when there's inconsistency coming from that position so improvements at quarterback I think are going to lend a lot of improvement at wide receiver and people will be sitting here you know seven eight months from now saying oh our wide receivers got so much better and it's going to be about the the improvement at the quarterback position the communication from quarterback to wide receiver and vice versa and the chemistry that these guys should be developing right now in the offseason today's show is brought to you by Built Bar Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet and i encourage you to go to built.com to check out all the different flavors and all the different product uh, all the different products that they have throughout their website including 
Built Puffs, which are these protein-infused marshmallows. They also have Built Boost. Um, if you kind of like the, um, you know, mix some powder into your water, kind of get a nice fruity beverage. But all of their products are good for you. You can check them all out at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is at Built.com. Today's show also brought to you by our local friends here in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area at FetchMe. FetchMeDelivery.com is how you can get your meal delivered directly to your family's home. And uh, it's a super easy process. Look, I've I've been out of town and used other meal deliveries. And FetchMe is not even close. They actually care about you. They care about their food. And they care about their drivers and and fetchers. I mean, that's such a big part of it as well. And also, they've now, with, with the new uh, laws throughout the state of Alabama, they can deliver alcohol. And so you can go to fetchmealcohol.com and take advantage of their great service there as well. If you don't want to leave your house or you don't have time to do it, you can have them bring alcohol directly to your door. So fetchmedelivery.com for food and also fetchmealcohol.com for alcohol. All right, Mike G, it's a War Report Wednesday. How can folks check out everything that you guys have going on at the war report ah really simple just head on over to youtube hit that join button uh we got a lot of great things coming uh we're doing an interview with uh luke deal this week uh Ooh, so he's nice. coming back on to talk about it since we're talking about tight ends uh we'll ask him a little bit about um you know what's going on in that tight end room but other than that just grinding it out uh lots of film reviews coming uh you know uh ike has been putting together a basketball thing so we're going to do kind of a basketball film review year in review cool uh you got to be a patron member to get that though so join as a patron 5.99 head on over to youtube yeah the amount of content you get for 5.99 a month is crazy i mean it's it is a no-brainer so be sure to check that out i want to piggyback on what you were saying about maybe the wide receiver room isn't as bad as it's made out to be Mm. um just some individual notes from practice earlier this week. Javaris Johnson is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's got a real chance to lead Auburn to receiving this year. So Javaris Johnson is back with no limitations, which is great. Um, Shedrick Jackson apparently beat Jalen Simpson on a deep ball one-on-one, which okay. is not how we've seen Shedrick Jackson used consistently or used effectively. So that's nice to see. Okay. Um, Tavares Dawson is apparently having a great spring, which I don't think is surprising. We heard, you know, how good he was in fall last year, but it's like true freshman. Uh, you know, I don't know if he really had an actual shot at playing time last year, but he's got a real shot at playing time this year. And so okay. that that's something that we've seen. And then obviously you, you can't go a day without hearing anything good about Jay Fair, which is so exciting, so exciting to see. Right. And so, you know, those are guys that I think can help bring this room together. My big thing, though, Mike G, is all of those guys, with the exception of Shed, I think they're all primarily slot guys. And so that's why, like, when when Kobe left, when Kobe Hudson entered the portal, it's like, yeah, this stinks. It's Auburn's, like, probably most decorated wide receiver. But the slot receiver isn't the issue here. It's the outside guys. Yeah, he's having a consistent outside threat. Yeah, and so, you know, all of those notes are fantastic. Like, I don't know if Tarvaj Dawson can line up outside. Maybe he can. I, I'm, I'm not sure. But, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on some of those notes? Uh, you know, um, Tavares Dawson was a guy we heard about, you know, last year. Yeah, uh, he, he, fall, yeah, he, he was got, a, fall, a fall crush for a lot of folks. That was kind of a big storyline. Yeah, listen, he, he had a ball thrown at him, overthrown at him, 
in the Birmingham Bowl. Um, you know, and we thought in, in a game like the Birmingham Bowl, we might see some of these younger guys that had flashed uh, potential. Yeah, we didn't see anything. Show us. We didn't we see didn't anything see in the Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it's like a waste. It was of as trip. disappointing as last A Day. That's how I felt about last A Day. I felt like we didn't really learn much here. Yeah. Um, hoping for a change this A Day, but um, spring is the time uh, for guys to make moves. You know, in the wide receiver room, you mentioned it. Um, not a great outside threat, and that is something that um, Auburn has never really been known for. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we have traditionally lacked that big, fast guy on the outside. Seth Williams was big. Uh, he wasn't very fast. Yeah, not a burner, right? No, he wasn't a burner, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, having a guy who can beat you over the top but also go up and grab a 50-50 ball is going to be a huge asset to whoever's playing quarterback because sometimes – we I talked about accuracy earlier and how the quarterback affects the wide receivers, but sometimes you just got to throw a ball up. And you got to expect the guy to go get it. Yeah. And we need that guy, right? So when you're throwing those fades to the end zone, you just have to throw the ball in the right spot, and then your receiver has to win. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm wondering, can, you know, incoming freshman Camden Brown be that guy? Uh, Haven't heard a lot about him. Mm, yeah, he's, it's all he's been Jay Fair. When, we, when you talk true freshman, it's all been Jay Fair. Yeah, Camden is not in in camp this spring so oh, he won't arrive go. until summer which is why we probably haven't heard a lot about Makes him. sense yeah. but can he come in in the summer impressing workouts and then go into fall camp as a threat uh to get on the field uh it's good, really going to be effect i mean if you don't have an outside threat the this field shrinks right. for your quarterback yeah now what we need to do for whoever's playing quarterback in 2022 is we need to expand the field um you know uh, uh the rollouts to the right used to just burn in everybody's crawl because it shrunk, it shrunk the field and you cut off talent. And then you're, you're now your quarterback is either throwing back against his body or he's throwing into a limited window. Uh, if you, if you have a good outside threat and you know, we are kind of opening things up and spreading the ball out. I think it, it does open the, uh, the door for some of these guys to show that they can be a threat on the outside. But ultimately I think it, it comes down to who's, who's going to want it more. Do we have a guy who can go up and just get a 50-50 ball and win for their team and for the quarterback? Yeah, and, and I don't know who that is. I'm not saying that Auburn doesn't have it. I just don't know who it is right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough when you're trying to evaluate it right yeah. now. So and that's what spring is for, though. That's, that's what we're here to find out. Right. And, I mean, going back to the Camden Brown thing, I mean, it's just so hard for a freshman to come in in the summer or the fall and earn playing time. It's just, you just don't see it a lot. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I think that's what happened with Dawson last year. Cause I don't think Dawson was at spring last season. And then he came in and just kicked some tail, but it, I mean, clearly wasn't enough. He didn't play that much. So I, I just wonder what that balance looks like as far as, okay, how much do you play the young folks with a ton of upside, but a raw versus, mm-hmm. you know, the experienced vets, which, is a short list, and the list may stop at Shedrick Jackson and Javaris Johnson, even if you even want to put Javaris Johnson on that list. So, right, uh, you know, I, I think Shed's your outside guy. I don't know who the other outside guy is. Maybe you put Dawson there. Right. We haven't heard much from your guy, Malcolm Johnson Jr., which surprises me a little bit. And so, I, I just don't know who's going to step up on the other side of the field. I, I really don't know. 
Well, Malcolm was recovering a little bit from an injury this spring. They kept it kind of quiet. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he's been a little bit limited, but he, he'll be out there. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Um, you talked about how freshmen don't really, you don't see them doing this often. Right. Um, and what we're talking about in essence is relationship building, not playing a freshman, usually a talented freshman is usually about trust. And I don't know about you, Zach, but I don't know how many people you meet and trust with, you know, to hold the bag, to hold your wallet in three months. Right. It takes time. It takes time to build that trust and rapport with your coaches so that um, they can see you consistently go out there and do, you know, uh, the right things and do what's asked for you and, and, and know your assignment before they can trust to put you out there. Now, the one thing that supersedes that trust is transcendent talent. Now, if your guy's going out there and you're just beating your guy every day in practice and you're winning those those same 50-50 balls we're talking about consistently, yeah. a coach, that speeds the trust timeline somewhat. So if you don't see a freshman playing, sometimes it's about he just has not established that trust with the coach yet that the coach believes it's in the team's best interest and in the kid's best interest to put him out there early. Right. All right I want to talk a little bit about the offensive line and then just big picture spring practice stuff. Uh, in just a moment, today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to wager on all of your sports betting action. And obviously, the Final Four is set. I mean, we got a historic matchup between UNC and Duke coming up. And if you want to get in on the action, Bet Online is the best way to do that. Head over to betonline.net and you'll see all of the different resources available to you at your disposal. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on, so find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Mike G. The offensive line earlier this week, I mean, they are just plagued with injuries right now. But the starting yeah. line earlier this week from left to right was Killian Dyer at left tackle, Cam Stutz at left guard, Jaleel Irvin at center, Tate Johnson at right guard, and then Alec Jackson and Brendan Coffey traded off at right tackle. Mm. Now, the only ones of these that actually matter for 2022, I think it's telling for, you know, beyond 2022. But your center and your guards are not practicing right now. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't think that matters. Troxel versus Zaire is interesting. I don't think it's legitimate. I think they are going to give Troxel the job. Now, maybe they move Troxel to right tackle, but we'll, we'll have to see. We thought that was going to happen going into spring, but whenever we've seen Troxel, it seems like he's been at left tackle. So, uh, at right tackle, though, I mean, is that an actual competition in your mind that's happening? Because that is a position that, that is left open. Rodarius Ham has entered the draft. He will not be coming back, obviously. So, like, in your mind, is this battle between Alec Jackson and Brendan Coffey a legitimate battle for that starting spot? Or do you think, you know, there's just so many injuries in the offensive line right now, it doesn't matter? Um, can I answer both? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I do think I do I do think it's a legitimate battle um, because I'm not sure you saw anything from that offensive line that says many should have their job safe. 
Now, offensive line remains a bugaboo for fans and coaches alike. It's hard to run an offense when your offensive line is getting blown up at the point of, you know, attack. Right. Especially in the run game. So, you know, uh, tough, uh, Tank, Tank and Jarquez had a tough time over the back half of that season because we just could not push people off the ball in the run game. We were just a little bit above average in pass protection, uh, but run blocking was definitely an issue. Now you got all these guys out. Um, but a lot of these guys are extremely tenured guys that are out. Yeah. So I'm not so certain that um, the I'm kind of resting and getting healthy is a big blow. But one of the things that I bemoan and why I do think it's, it is an actual battle is it seems like in the past when we've had injuries at offensive line, we're doing the Cupid's shuffle on the offensive line rather than the natural left tackle stepping in. <laughs> Right, the natural backup left tackle stepping in mm-hmm. uh, at left tackle, or you know at right guard. So you know I'd like to see these position battles produce a legitimate starter and a legitimate backup, so that in the case of injury, you have a guy who has practiced at that position, gotten some reps with the ones, and can step in and play that position uh, with more continuity than what we've seen in the past. So I do believe that it is a legitimate position battle because, um, some of what we've heard from the staff is that they want to stop that shuffle. Yeah. And and I think, I think that's in place now. So let's say Alec Jackson wins. He would be the starter. Brendan coffee would be the number two right tackle Mm -hmm. at left guard right now. You would have, or at right guard, you would have what Keandre Jones and then Tate Johnson behind him, according to this. And then obviously at center, you'd have Brahms with Irvin behind him. Then at left guard, Council with Stutz behind him. And then at left tackle, you would have Troxel with Zaire behind him. So, I mean, that would give you that would give you what you're asking for, I think, right. in theory. Now, somebody yeah. may go down and then they have, you know, we, we see otherwise. But on paper, I think you're getting what you're asking for. Yeah, but do they trust it come game time? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Right. Do they trust it come game time or do do they fall back to this? You know, we got to get our five best linemen on the field, even if we're sacrificing chemistry by making these guys, you know, play out of position than what they practice all spring and summer. Them putting Alex Jackson at different positions this spring is interesting to me. Like, is he just going to be the, the sixth offensive lineman no matter what happens? Like, will he be the next right. one in? Like, that's... We've seen that before, right? I mean, we've seen that before with other folks. Yeah. Um. Listen, uh, I have such mixed feelings about this offensive line. Um, there's a lot of experience returning. And, um, you know, maybe Alec Jackson raised his hand uh, to say, hey, coach, use me wherever you can get me on the field. So, you know, you know, I wouldn't put it past some of these guys are trying to learn different positions. Sure. So they can yeah. get on the field in the case of injury. Right. Uh, put themselves in consideration. Uh, you know, these guys are getting a little bit older. Uh, their opportunity to make an impact on the field is 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 going away week by week. Yep. Um, you have such a limited opportunity as a college athlete um, to show pro scouts what you can do. So yeah, he might be in a position where he's raised his hand to say, get me on the field any way you can. And yeah. the coaches are taking advantage of a guy who wants to do everything he can to get on the field. Right. Uh, before before we wrap up, Mike G, I mean, what have, what have been your thoughts about the spring as a whole? I mean, we, we were talking before we clicked record. It's been it's been a little lackluster. It's been a little boring. With, I mean, with, with it having so many storylines going into it, 
the the storylines that were most intriguing, which to me were position battles at the quarterback position and offensive line, mm-hmm. uh, we we can't get because of injuries. And so it's just like, well, I mean, I, I think we're good on defense. I mean, maybe like who's winning the safety battle is intriguing. Right. But outside of that, it's like I, I just think we're kind of limited in what we can learn from the next few yeah. weeks. After the offseason we had, Zach, boring is a blessing <laughs> to some extent. Good point. Uh, yeah, a lot of off-the-field stuff. But, you know, now that we're back to the on-the-field stuff, it has been quiet and kind of boring. Now, some of that is the residual effect of having a basketball team, number two seed overall in the NCAA tournament. Sure. And, you know, uh, number one in the land for three weeks this spring. And it took some of the attention that – football would usually get in recruiting and all these different things um, away. But part of what you're seeing from the fan base is apathy. Uh, You know, the more I talk to people, I'm not in this boat, but the more I talk to people, the more I find that people, their prospects for this season are really negative coming up. And what Brian Harson is going to have to do is take that as an opportunity to just kind of fly under the radar and surprise some people to start the season. So you start that in the spring. Now, I was very vocal. I was not a fan of what we did last A day. I think that we saw, we learned nothing. You know, some of that is very vanilla by design because you're not giving away true play concepts in the spring and A day. But um, I'm hoping this A-Day actually produ- – well, it doesn't have a choice. It's going to have to produce some new information because too many things have changed since last A-Day. We 100% are going to have a quarterback taking significant – two quarterbacks taking significant snaps this, this A-Day right. that did not last spring. Because mm-hmm. TJ wasn't here last spring, right? Robbie – uh, Calzada is, is not going to take snaps this spring. Yeah, Robbie was um, in Oregon. Garner was in yeah. high school. Right. Yeah, come on, man. Right. We have, we're going to see something new this spring, uh, no matter what. And uh, hopefully what that does is it creates some hope. Now, I'll, I'll end by saying this is Brian Harson's second year. He took over for a guy that they paid $21 million to get rid of. And the guy who pulled that trigger told us, uh, you know, when they evaluated the program, there was not a sense of hope around the program in the locker room, in the administration, you know, in the fan base, you know, with the donors, there was just not a sense yeah. of hope. Right. And a lot of people feel stuck with this staff this season because of what happened this off season. Um, and, you know, it's up to them to show people why they should have hope. And spring ball is a big as a great way to do that send send two competent looking quarterbacks out there this spring to you know to throw dimes to wide receivers and you'll start to create hope people are going to understand hey listen your offensive line isn't isn't exactly there um so i would like to see you know and, and, and you're not evaluating tank this spring no is He's going pro, right? So we don't. We need to see exactly zero of Tank Bigsby. See him in some drills. Don't risk injury. You know, uh, give him a couple cares. You know, during no, it, it's more to valuable to focus on Jordan Ingram as the number three back than anything yep. else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Demari Alston is not in camp right. yet, so you can't really uh, 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 get him anything. But at the end of the day, 
you want to the, the fastest way to injecting life into this spring and creating hope is to develop these quarterbacks, whether we like it or not. Now yeah. it's, it's not the only thing. Now, so I don't want people at home to hear that. It's the only thing, but you know, it's the most visible, right. And for your uh, uh, average fan who doesn't know a ton about football, it's the thing that they're going to be looking at. And right. that hope definitely matters. So Robbie Ashford, I hope that we're, we're running a, a, a real competition this spring. Um, you know, TJ seems to be leading the pack, which, which is not shocking. Uh, he's been in the system and he knows what the expectation is of him. Um, but I want to see Ashford and, and I want to see how they work Calzada into this competition with him missing so much time this spring. Yeah. We're doing ourselves a disservice if he does not factor into the quarterback battle heavy come fall. I think whoever uh, wins it, which will probably be TJ, will then battle Calzada in the fall. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a three or four man rotation in the fall. I think it's going to be a two. You can't have you can't have that in the fall. You can't have that in the fall at all, right? Uh, uh, Harson talked about dwindling down. Um, you know, essentially, you've got to have two guys, two or three guys, move ahead of the pack. You know, the first couple practices of, of spring. I don't think that people realize how quickly that happens because the quarterback battle did not start with the first spring practice. Started in the weight room in January. Well, we saw how quick D. Davis entered the portal. Right. That's what that's that's what that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, you know, before we started practice or right after we started practice, boom, one guy's out already. Right. You know, and he was the most likely we you know, the, we said months ago we thought would leave yeah. uh, based on just logical sense of who came in and how much time other guys. Who's got, got a free transfer left, all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, a lot of factors. Yeah. TJ right. told us he wasn't leaving. Robbie just got here. Calzada just got here. D was going to be the odd man out no matter what. I've I, uh, I've heard nothing and seen nothing but great things for TJ Finley this spring. I, I have been pleasantly surprised with everything he's done. Yeah, I, I want fans. Zach, I want fans to get behind TJ. I think I you're starting to see to it. Get behind TJ. And I want them to forget, forget what you saw last season. Forget what you saw last season. You said it. I've said it. He was set up to fail last season. And I think Mike G, I've had a few people ask in my YouTube comments what I mean by that. Do you mind if I explain that real quick? Sure, absolutely. So when he came in, by nature of how the season operates, you practice mm -hmm. to get better as an offense every single week, week by week. And you do that around your quarterback. And so when he came in with three weeks left in the regular season, everyone else was, the, the offense was developed around a quarterback that does not have TJ Finley's skill set. I mean, right. Bo Nix and TJ Finley were vastly different quarterbacks. And so you're built around that. And then also, okay, well, TJ needs a little bit more of a running game support and Tank couldn't run the ball because the offensive line couldn't run block. And so, I mean, you're having to install a different mentality with three weeks left in the regular season with a new quarterback and that's just not it. And then also, I think how the, the coaching staff handled his injury in the Birmingham Bowl probably wasn't a good thing either. And I think that's kind of, you know, how a lot of people see him as a statue. And I'm not saying he's mobile, but he can move better than what he was doing in the Birmingham Bowl. So, uh, you know, th there, those, those are just a few reasons why I think it's like, okay, TJ was not set up to succeed last season at all. And, and so I, I think with them cleaning up his accuracy a little bit, I mean, he is... He has the potential. He has a lot of traits that you like. He's obviously got the size. He's got arm strength. 
it seems like the game's slowing down for him a little bit based on some decisions that he's making, which that's that's the biggest thing. And you talked about that a few weeks ago when you when you came on this show. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think I think TJ's in a in a much better spot to succeed going into this season. Yeah, it's time for fans to get off their high horse a little bit, right, and and start to just kind of get behind what's happening here. You can't play ball. A lot of these kids have the talent. And some of them don't pan out. And there are a bunch of reasons why kids with talent don't pan out. Yeah. Some of it is just misevaluation. Others, it's just, you know, I mean, it's not that dissimilar. You got to get it's a little bit of luck in college football for some of these kids. You know, if you don't have transcendent talent to get into a program that's going to know what to do with your talent. Yeah. And timing, you know, yeah, you know who, who's in front of you, mm-hmm. you know, do, do, do they transfer out? Do they get injured? I mean, there's so much of it as luck and timing. And I think with the, you know, the ability to leave a program easier is, is going to help some of these kids, but it's going to hurt yeah. them too. If I'm to take the staff at their word last spring or last fall, TJ really, really pushed the starter all the way up until game one. And, you know, it, it, I beg the question. I asked the question week after week, Zach, and some of these losses, you know, um, Georgia State, was I mean barely avoided disaster right and when we got to Texas A&M in the post game I asked hey listen when you were losing to Georgia State you turned to TJ Finley for the 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 proverbial spark that that, those were his words now um, I know we're a fan channel but we're not above holding coaches you know feet to the fire and um did it ever occur to you to make that same change you know at the at the end of Texas A&M and then we saw it again versus Mississippi State. Three drives too long. And then you sent him out there to fail with three minutes left in the game, down two scores. It just didn't make any sense. I, th- I think some of TJ's setbacks were mismanagement, and he took a lot of heat for it. Now, TJ came on the show, talked about the things that have changed and that, that he feels like the coaching staff is doing better, that right. they've learned from some of their mistakes. He's talked about the growth. Uh, that's happened on the coaching staff. And that's ju- that gets overlooked. That's just as important as the growth of the players on the field. Right. So I really, really want fans to just, you know, I mean, you're going to post this. And in the comments, they're going to be a, a bunch of people just essentially just write, writing him off. If they go with TJ, I'm not cheering for the program. That, oh, I'm I've not seen, watching. Yeah, yeah if they, if they pick TJ, I'm done. It's like, well, what does that mean? What does yeah, that mean? You you're, like, you're telling yeah. me you're not going to watch Auburn football this year? And you're watching a, you're watching an break. Auburn football show in March? Like, I, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, give me a break. Um, but, uh, you know, let's, you know, for, for as much as it's been made of, like, fan positivity or negativity, you know, on social media, I think this is a great chance for us to show – what being the Auburn family is all about. Yeah. And, you know, even if he doesn't pan out, you want him to be able to look back at it and just say, Hey, I got my fair shot. I did. I did. I didn't do my part. Right. And um, the coach had to make a change and that was in the best interest of the team. So we see that we see some guys play poorly at one spot, go someplace else. That coach knows what to do with them. This is better system fit, whatever it is. And, you know, it's it, it starts to change up here for a lot of kids as well, too, which yeah. is also one of those things that did discuss. I mean, this is this up here, I think, is mainly why D Davis is not here anymore. Yeah. And uh, TJ cannot have that setback because, you know, he's not mobile. So uh, when that offensive line breaks down, his his bailout can't be I'm going to juke through three guys in the backfield and, and run away. 
his bail, his bail, his mental bailout has to start before the snap. Right. And that's what he's got to do better than the other quarterbacks. So, you know, great, great quarterbacks are on, some of them are on their second read before the ball is snapped because they're looking at the defense and they're like, my primary reads, not a good option. And, uh, you know, it, when it happens, it happens so fluidly, Zach, that most fans don't even know that it's happening. It just looks like that's the way the play was designed. Right. The number two option now looks like the number one option. TJ's got to get the ball out of his hands quickly. He's got to make decisions, and he's got to know when to take a sack and when to throw the ball away and fight to live, live the fight another day. That's it. Right. You know, and, and if that's not good enough behind this O-line, then maybe we do need to see a change. Mike G., Thank you for your time. How can people find you here? You support you one more time. Uh, just YouTube.com. Go over there. Type in the War Report. We're doing lots of great stuff over there. Subscribe. Join. Uh, you know, check out our live streams. Got interviews coming this week. Uh, just lots of great stuff. So check us out on YouTube. Yep. Check it all out, guys. It's worth it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Locked on Auburn. We will be back tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Read all of our work at AuburnDaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.